Gold holding near that 1420 level. The market making new highs again. The ECB letting everybody know the math just is not right. And they're going to have to stick to easing until infinity or at the very least until their bond market implodes. We're going to get some real world market advice from Mr. Nick Hodge himself. All sorts of stuff going on. Jeff Epstein was attacked. We're going to talk about Puerto Rico and how that is indicative of more fourth-turning action. President Trump versus Sweden because of ASAP Rocky facilitated by Kim Kardashian. Welcome to episode 29 of Bizarro World, everybody. This is Gerardo Del Real along with my co-host, the brains, the logic, the reason, Mr. Nick Hodge. Mr. Hodge, how are you? I don't claim to have any of that, sir. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to. The track record speaks for itself. Let's get right to it. Um, Gold is holding up. I think slowly but surely we're starting to see the naysayers actually tiptoe into the market. They are doing it the way that we said they would. They are starting with the producers and companies that have a development project with an established resource. Not a coincidence that companies like Almaden, um, companies like K92, those are the companies really getting the bulk of the attention right now, as you would expect it to be. But eventually, um, the explorers, which of course are more volatile and high risk, high reward, um, will see their day. I think that's maybe a couple of months away, which is fantastic for my contrarian heart because it allows me to add to all my five and 10 cent positions. Thoughts on the gold market and the S&P making new highs? Lots of thoughts. We remain in a gold bull market. Uh, Last week, I told you uh, what Mr. Dines had said and that we would start seeing the headlines. Um, And we saw that it was in Bloomberg over the weekend. And then uh, Newmont reported some earnings earlier this week that caused a bit of a pullback uh, in that name, which um, may have been expected based on the words Mr. Dines shared Last week, so Newmont went from 40 bucks down to $37 this week. But keep in mind, that's after it was below $30 just a month ago. So it is still up some 7 or $8 in the past month and a half. Firm trend intact. Um, I won't have to echo what you say. The producers are moving first. But more some insight um, and, 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 and some guidance and, and maybe just um, – just want to tell you what I've been doing, really. I've been writing about it all week. And so if you read Outsider Club early, Advantage Retired, you're hearing about it. But I did, for the first time in the past decade, sell some of my retirement funds. I view that as a as a big deal. And I view that as um, not a catalyst, but an indication that um, this, long, this bull market is getting really, really long in the tooth. I am not one of those chicken little people who run around all the time saying the sky and the market is falling. I've never made a public call like that before where I said I've um, liquidated some of my safe uh, Vanguard index funds that are in a, in a, in a tax, in a tax advantaged retirement account and IRA. And so that's really the first time I've done that publicly. And so I can't really give much better insight or I can't give much better advice or guidance than to tell you what I just did with 20% of my own retirement portfolio. And that was, um, to trim some of the winnings from 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 this record bull market we've had in the in the past ten years, especially from um, some of the the tech vanguard funds I had, so sort of took the opportunity to rebalance a bit because the tech fund had appreciated much more than uh, the materials fund, for example, and then the just the general you know vanguard five hundred index fund I had. So that's it, twenty percent into cash and into a money market uh, fund with a low rate. That's not a that wasn't a sell all button. That's not a crash is coming call. That's a, 
I'm getting I'm getting a bit nervous about where the S&P and the Dow is and the fact that there's a hundred percent consensus on what the Fed is going to do scares me a little bit just because I'm a contrarian when everybody's in agreement. I really don't, I really don't like that. And so just a cautionary step, Hey, we've been in a bull market for 10 years. There was a lot of nice gains on the table. Let's take 20% of that off. So it didn't cash for a second, see what happens next week with the Fed and, and reevaluate going into the, into the second half of the year. But, but certainly signs of, of uh, slowing economic growth here and abroad, um, negative interest rates, which we've talked about to death, uh, and, a no, and a new gold board bull market portending that um, really big money is looking for a, a safe haven. And so I decided to get a little defensive myself. Hmm. A lot to unpack there. The first thing is, and I mentioned up, <laughs> up front that you your track record speaks for itself, and you mentioned the fact that this is the first time in a decade that you are actually going to cash with a portion of your position there. It's interesting to me that you happened to pick the bottom when you started investing in that position. So kudos to you. Congrats on that front. It's been a heck of a run. Um, I, you, you know my take. I think the volatility is going to continue. I think it picks up. But I do believe that the major U.S. indices continue to run. I think the price action in gold alongside the dollar and the major U.S. indices is exactly what I've been saying for years and years, that the new gold bull market, when it got here, would have to rise and go higher alongside the major U.S. indices and the dollar. I believe the dollar just uh, hit the 98 level. I think it's a two-month high, if I'm not mistaken. Again, gold holding up, major U.S. indices doing what they're doing. I believe the decision out of the ECB, which of course remains trapped, was was another cause for the dollar to go up. I mean, they basically told the markets you're gonna be you should be prepared for more easing measures into 2020. Um, of course, Ms. Lagarde now will be the head of the ECB. She is known for helping guide and orchestrate and orchestrate and support the bailouts in Greek, Argentina, Greece, and Argentina, um, among others. She is a big proponent of easing QE printing and the bottom line is look it's just math it's just math the math tells you what the policy action is going to be the u.s can't allow the dollar to get too strong because it's going to implode places like the ecb but it's just a matter of time it's not a matter of if so yeah with that being said let me ask you this nick do you have a preference or an inclination as to where some of that cash may go in the next couple of months or do you plan on just keeping some powder dry i'm gonna keep dry powder gerardo i thought about that in fact before i sold because you should always have a plan right and so i didn't want to just sell all willy-nilly and, and have that chunk of cash sitting there with, without a plan and so my plan is that dry powder i want to see um if we get a move in in, in major equities or if perhaps I take some of that cash and put it into like a, a precious metals fund. Now, this is all fun stuff. All this will be in Vanguard funds, but you can still play themes, of course. And um, the other thing I wanted to say is that I'm still contributing to that uh, retirement fund. And the money that I contribute is still buying uh, broad based index funds um, at the pro rata percentages that they were before I sold. So I'm still contributing. Uh, I'm still buying in those funds, but I took the opportunity to, to take 20% off the table and I will keep that as dry powder until, I don't know, until I get a, a, a good sense of, of what's next until this 
blind squirrel trips across its next nut. Let's talk about the next nut. You have a reputation um, amongst anybody that's informed in the space as having one of the premier, and in my opinion, it is the premier um, private placement newsletter uh, that provides access to both public and private companies amongst a host of sectors. That is Nick's notebook, of course. Um, talk to me about deal flow. Now that we have this new gold bull market, are you starting to get inbox notes saying, hey, look at my uh, amazing three cent gold deal that I'll give you shares in at you know three cents and that we're going to take public at 10 cents. Is that, is that starting to happen again? I haven't seen the cheap, cheap paper where it's like, you know, we're going to give all the newsletter writers a bunch of cheap shares and then we're going to walk this story out. But there has been a market that happens. Uptick. Hold on. Yes. Breaking news. What? <laughs> Explain this process to me, Mr. Hodge. Oh, this is good podcast fodder, huh? I'm surprised we've never talked about it. So, you know, when guys put deals together, it's always about the deal, right? Um, it has to be funded at a certain level with a certain amount of shares. And then there either has to be uh, a go public plan if it's a, if it's a private company or that uh, entity has to become public somehow, either through a reverse merger into a shell company or a qualifying transaction or something like that. But um, when the companies are first funded or, or even if it's part of a rollback or something like that, you know, the, the, the board and the, and the management gets to decide uh, at, at which price level the, the shares are uh, sold at. And so when you have a brand new company, they can issue themselves shares uh, at a penny if they'd like or, or perhaps even less if they're really <laughs> unscrupulous. But um, and, and so they'll have lots of those what's called cheap paper, cheap shares, and they can bring people in at that time. They can call up the newsletter writers of the world that cover the space and say, hey, would you like uh, a little bit of this deal at a very cheap price? And uh, of course, the aim of the company by giving the newsletter writer cheap shares early on is that he will then recommend it to his flock um, mm. later on down the road at potentially higher prices. Um, and so... Uh, if, uh, if a flock master, otherwise known as a shepherd, is uh, really a good shepherd, he should not or she should not want to do that to their flock. Um, and it happens all the time where, um, you know, we're, we think that we're going to let the shares of this deal run up just based on uh, willpower alone, willpower to uh, get newsletter writers to recommend it, to do ad campaigns that drive uh, traffic to the name that. Uh, put it in front of a lot of retail investors that get them to buy in the market and create liquidity. And guess what? Then those one cent shares, even if they're at two cents, you've doubled your money. And so that's the ruse on some of these deals where, um, and not all of them and not all people, that's the caveat all the time we have to give, but there are plenty of teams and individuals and companies out there whose only aim is to enrich themselves and not shareholders and stakeholders. And so, you know, Gerardo, that's what you and I tried to stay away from and separate out. Got to do it. Got to do it. So back to your original point, um, we were talking about deal flow and whether or not you were seeing more deals um, come across your computer screen now that we have this new gold bull market. And the answer was no to the cheap paper deals. But um, in, in, a, in a broader sense, the answer is yes, more metals deals. So um, you know, if you're looking at it like a, a line chart or whatever, the amount of pot deals coming across the desk now has significantly uh, declined, not only because 
capital isn't as interested anymore, but there's been the CanTrust scandal in the past two weeks, which has taken a lot of capital out of the sector and brought in a bit more trepidation about how these companies are uh, guiding themselves or not guiding themselves. And uh, if banks want to put uh, money into those deals, so I forget which bank it was, I don't know if it was BMO or another big bank that had uh, green-lighted that CanTrust deal and financed them. Mm. They're now taking they're now taking a pause, right? Because mm. they just got their they just got their ass handed to them. And so fewer cannabis deals, uh, more precious metals deals, and um, not necessarily just new deals, but uh, companies that have seen a ten or twenty or thirty percent bump in share price over the past month, taking the opportunity to raise money at higher prices. And if you want me to drone on for another ten seconds, particularly. Um, in the silver space, as silver has broken out over $16, and 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 people think that's a really hot bed um, for a bull market that could potentially and often does overshoot gold when it does happen. Um, more silver deals popping up lately, for sure. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I like it. I like it. Let's talk about um, talk about a couple of things. We've touched on the fourth turning here. You want to provide a, a brief overview of the fourth turning, Nick, for those that may be new to the podcast. Yes, and I'll post a link because it's easier to, to read about and see a couple of charts. But basically, it's uh, the thesis that there's four types of generations or there's four types of people, uh, each represented by a generation. And each of those generations gets a crack at leadership every 20 years when the previous generation sort of seizes power or loses power or dies or there's some sort of confrontation or struggle to take the power away from them. Um, and every 20 or so years when that turning happens, it's called a turning. Um, and because there's four groups, you get four turnings. And the fourth turning is the very chaotic one. It's where um, uh, a certain generation, in this case, the millennials, is going to take over uh, power from uh, the baby boomers who really fuck shit up. And so... <laughs> um, Thanks, guys and gals. What you see in uh, McMansion's the... Uh, the Arab Spring, the Edward Snowden's, the election of Trump, the uh, Eric Gardner's, the police brutality, the riots in St. Louis, um, the Antifa, all that stuff is symptoms of this broader turning, which is a, a crisis. It's where uh, the country sort of loses its identity. Does it sound familiar? <laughs> um, it, mm. Things become nonsensical and maybe even bizarre and institutions need to be built, uh, torn down and built back up um, for there to be a new order established. And as that all that is happening, institutions crumble, markets experience volatility, and there is often um, physical conflict as well. So we have a lot of things to look forward to. The turning takes typically five to 10 years. I would argue we're a little bit into it. I know you asked for an overview, but I get excited about the fourth turning because I truly think it's what's driving all this stuff that people can't figure out. And when I see somebody, somebody start to figure out, I also get excited. I, I, um, I, I so agree with you hundred percent, by the way. And, and, and I think that was a great overview, but no, please continue. So that's not, I mean, that's it. That's the, that's what the fourth turning is. And so um, it, you could even put 2008 into it. I said five to 10 years, but sometimes it takes longer than that. And so we're just in this transitory period where uh, the younger generation, AOC, for example, is trying to rise up, uh, get power and build things for uh, the better going forward. And I know you want to talk about Puerto Rico and you do that in one second, but 
Um, I saw an article in the Atlantic this week that was saying just that, like AOC is trying to build this generational coalition to make positive change. And it's like, no fucking shit. That's exactly what a fourth turning is, Atlantic Raider. You're not that insightful. That's exactly what it is. And, you, you know, before we touch on Puerto Rico, because I believe that they're having, you know, a, a, a moment there where they just had a moment. My brother's actually on the way back from covering that story. Um, but the reason this stuff continues to happen and the reason now it's so much more pronounced is the shit that we got this week here in the U.S., right? The House on Thursday passed the bill to raise the U.S. debt ceiling and they set the budget level for two years. Um, you know, uh, under the guise of, I think Donald Trump tweeted, you know, we're, we're increased, we're, we're, we passed a bipartisan bill, um, to protect our veterans and our military, which is just such utter bullshit. You passed a bipartisan bill because the one thing that both parties can always agree on, despite how crazy the political environment may seem to be right. I think a lot of it's a charade. The one thing everybody can agree on is that they are willing to transfer wealth from taxpaying citizens into their own pockets. So the fact that they suspended, um, you, you, you know, the, the, the limits, um, for the next two years, the borrowing limit is just insane to me. This is the guy and the administration and, you know, whatever party you believe in, I really don't care. I, I, I don't care for either party. What I'm trying to explain to you is that both parties are really just doing the same thing, doing the bidding of the rich. If you are rich in America, both sides will work for you. You will get a guaranteed tax cut. Um, the spending doesn't matter, and they'll they they wrap it around this cloak of we're doing it for those that are less than right. We're doing it to make sure the economy doesn't implode. We can't allow you know farmers in the Midwest to implode, despite the fact that we have most of our inner cities imploding. Um, with with, with without sixteen billion dollar federal aid packages, right? That's not socialist. Um, everybody agrees that 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 that's okay. Everybody agrees that we should increase spending for two years and suspend the borrowing limit. Um, there's no disagreement when it comes to taking money from taxpayers and putting it in their own pocket. And that's why people are upset. And, you know, when you add to it, I'll let you opine because I know you have thoughts on that, Nick. Oh, well, when you have the boot of the government on your throat, it doesn't matter if it's the left boot or the right boot. And uh, cartoonist Ben Garrison would say that that right boot and left boot together perform the March of Tyranny, a cartoon that I often cite and link to where, um, as you say, the every man is being stepped on by the left leg and right leg of the government and doesn't understand why. Agreed. Agreed. And so that brings me to Puerto Rico, right? Um, the governor has now resigned. He's the former governor. He will be stepping down as of August the 2nd, uh, Mr. Ricardo Rosello. Um, this after, of course, you know, power never is granted or given. It is always taken. That is just who we are as a species, right? We can go back many, 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 many years and look at the history of it, regardless of your background, regardless of the country. Power is taking, taken. Power is never given. And uh, you know what happened in Puerto Rico, I think, is a perfect example of a fourth turning moment for Puerto Rico. You know, there's hundreds of pages of messages from the governor um, that were leaked that revealed, you know, obscene, sexist, homophobic remarks about women, <laughs> political opponents, journalists, and others. So anytime that you get something that's supposed to stay in the dark brought to the light and people are actually adamant about change happening, 
change will happen, but let me be absolutely clear, that is the only way change happens. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that the people of Puerto Rico took to the streets, marched. Um, I'm glad it didn't escalate into the type of violence that I, I feared. Um, and yeah, it just it, it just speaks to the way government looks at people, right? It wasn't um, it, it it wasn't just a, uh, a a blanket statement and and profanity laced tirade that these chats um, exposed. It was targeted, you know. It was targeted to journalists. It was targeted to political opponents. And I think um, it's a different world, man. The old guard is dying off, and if they don't get with it, um, they'll get replaced. And that's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing for sure. It's the point of the uh, fourth turning. And if uh, the quote unquote good guys don't come out on top, then there's going to be many, many, many more serious issues. Agreed. I want to lighten it up for just a little bit because <laughs> a few days ago I woke up and I checked the market, saw what was going on overseas, got my coffee ready, the usual stuff, hopped on Twitter to see what the news was. And I thought I may have still been dreaming. I, I thought maybe I hit my head. I thought maybe I had one too many drinks the previous night. Um, so if you would have told me 10 years ago that Kim Kardashian was going to be studying for the bar exam to become an attorney, that her and Kanye West would be working with Donald Trump to free hip-hop artist ASAP Rocky from a Swedish jail, and that President Trump, that would have blown my mind, but President Trump in 2019 would be attacking the Swedish Prime Minister over ASAP Rocky, I'd have thought I was absolutely insane. But sure enough, that's what happened a few days ago. I woke up and, uh, you know, there was a president's tweets. It's, um, it's interesting times. It's a fucking bizarre world right now. I was going to say it's almost like it's a bizarre world. Here's the tweet from uh, President Trump last uh, evening and yesterday afternoon, 23 hours ago, it says, give ASAP Rocky his freedom, President Trump says. We do so much for Sweden, but it doesn't seem to work the other way around. Sweden should focus on its real crime problem. Hashtag free Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> That's the president of the United States. This is amazing. This is just bizarro world, man. It's absolutely nuts. I mean, again, I don't care what political leading you have. Call a spade a spade, everybody. Uh, this is just crazy. Um, the fact, <laughs> the fact that Sweden basically, you know, just dusted their collar off and said, eh, whatever, um, is, is also a little bit hilarious and frankly a little bit embarrassing for for the office, right? Um, but think about how smart the politics of it are, though. This is where my brain goes. So in, um, I don't know, in a year when when President Trump is standing on the on the debate stage with Biden, Trump is going to be able to say. You wanted to you wanted to, to segregate schools back in the seventies, and I'm out here freeing rappers. Agreed. I think it's brilliant politically. Oh no, no! I mean, we know that he's got instincts. His political instincts and his branding has always been um, on point. You know, that's why he is where he's at, despite the fact. <laughs> you know that that I mean we can get on and on about that he's a pussy grabber uh, that he's a pussy grabber that he's a racist that he's a bigot that he's uh, uh, a, a you know a fraudulent person this is not somebody that um, you know came up in the business world you know on the straight and arrow um, I think that's been pretty well documented going back to his dad's heyday in Queens you know back in the 70s and early 80s um, so yeah uh, among all those other things um, 
he's got great instincts. And I think this is brilliant on his part because the optics of it, you're absolutely right. In a year, um, whoever he's debating, it, it, it's an easy one to go to, right? Treat Americans fairly. Very disappointed in Prime Minister Stefan Lovren for being unable to act. Sad. Sweden, Sweden <laughs> has let our African American community down in the United States. That's amazing. It's amazing. I'll tell you what else is but, amazing. Well, oh, go ahead, Nick. No, I was going to say, but they didn't free him, right? So Trump's clout hasn't hasn't come to pass yet. The, basically, that's why Trump is having his. His Twitter fit is because he didn't get what he wanted, right? They not only didn't free him, but they may have aggravated, or he may have aggravated the situation for Mr. ASAP Rocky because they have charged him with aggravated assault now. So not only has he has he not been granted bail, um, and, and that by the way, that was the other tweet that was absolutely hilarious when uh, uh, the the initial one where, where that morning Trump tweeted, "I will personally guarantee ASAP Rocky's bail." <laughs> ASAP is on very good authority to me, a prominent contributor to the African-American community. I will personally vouch for ASAP Rocky's bail. I just thought it was hilarious. I, 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 I swear, I, I thought I hit my head, Nick. Uh, Trump is gangsta. Trump is that. That he is. Let's, um, let's talk about something that's a little bit more serious. Um, U.S. citizens being detained by the Border Patrol. Not for a day, not for two days, not for a week, not for two weeks. I, I believe it was something like three, three plus weeks um, simply because the Border Patrol didn't believe this gentleman's documents, which he had on him, were real. And it took in America, in America, a United States citizen was detained without any kind of due process for three and a half weeks the fact that this isn't a bigger story worries me a little bit it's incredible this is the one folks i mean yeah we've had the we've been talking about the camps and we've been talking about illegal immigrants but this is a uh documented american citizen and i'm not one to rush to nazi comparisons but to me this is the equivalent of loading your fellow citizen on the train this is fucking nonsense this guy was a U.S. citizen, Francisco Erwin Galicia, a Dallas-born U.S. citizen with a U.S. birth certificate. He spent 23 days uh, in a shelter in um, squalor in squalor conditions. I mean, people sleeping on the bathroom floor, not given enough food. He lost more than a pound per day. He lost 26 pounds in the 23 days. They were being bitten by ticks and. Uh, conditions aside, this guy's a motherfucking U.S. citizen. He had shown them their birth certificate. And the only quote we get in the article I'm reading from the Dallas News is that federal officials earlier refused to acknowledge his citizenship when presented with his birth certificate. So where are we? If I show a federal official my, my papers and they're not accepted, I mean, how is it any different from the Gestapo? It's like, I, this is the thing. I mean, you talk about Puerto Rico being in the streets. When I read this the other day, I was like, man, people should be in the fucking streets. Like, this is an American citizen being detained in a, I mean, let's call it a concentration camp. Let's just go all out. Like, what the fuck is going on? That's exactly what it is. Listen, and, and, and this was somebody that was telling them up front that he was a U.S. citizen. So let's let's just be logical here and remove the emotion out of it. Let's be logical. If a gentleman who is in great health at 18 years old, loses 26 pounds in three weeks, is forced to sleep on a cement floor, not given enough food, 
not allowed to shower for the 23 days. This is how they treated the guy that was saying he was a U.S. citizen. How do you think they're treating the people, women, men, children who everybody knows aren't U.S. citizens? Are we to assume that they're getting better treatment? No, common sense tells you no, right? Um, I am not one of these people that screams, you know, that, that, that I dislike all cops or that cops should go away or that, you know, the border patrol is, is, is completely evil. But I will say this, there absolutely needs to be a very, very, very thorough investigation, um, at, at the highest levels, um, it, it, because this is absolute bullshit. I mean, everybody should be so alarmed. This is why the Second Amendment is important, by the way, everybody, for, for, for all the people that are against the Second Amendment. Um, you know, there may come a time where it's not just one U.S. citizen detained. And, and we've seen that in this country in the past, right? And I'll just leave that what? there. 100%. No, it's time to call your, your official, you call your senator and your, your representative and say, what the hell is going on? Are you looking into this? Um, and then it's time to uh, take other appropriate steps you deem necessary for yourself and your family. But at some point, um, whether it's the, the cops in Puerto Rico fire and tear gas at the citizens or it's the uh, U.S. Customs and Border Patrol officers, at some point there's got to be some some human to human conflict or some human to human resolution where it's like they scratch their heads and they say, hey, you know, wh why the fuck we got this guy sleeping on the on a concrete floor for 26 days and 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 from the cops and the, the police officers I've talked to and I've talked to some of them and I've asked them some of these questions. I think I might have told you I've asked them some of these questions. Yep. Uh, I asked I asked one police officer one day when it comes time for you to load your fellow citizens on the train. And this is like seven or eight years ago now. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to do? And he told me he was going to load us on the train. And so that's exactly what the U.S. Customs and Border Protection are doing. They're loading their fellow citizens on the trains, in this case, onto the concrete floor. And so it's not one of those things, like when I was reading this article, it's not one of those things where you can like call the manager and ask for a refund. Like it's it's more serious than that. Like it's time to talk to the senators. It's time to literally be up in arms. I mean, there are arrested citizens, folks. It's like revolutionary stuff. This is the stuff that should incite revolutions. Um the fact that in 2019, it takes ICE, the Border Patrol, three weeks, 23 days to verify whether or not he's a citizen when this guy was carrying three kinds of valid ID. Uh, if ICE doesn't need to go away, it needs to be completely overhauled because if that's the efficiency with which U.S. citizens like myself, can expect my government to figure out whether or not I am here in this country legally. If that's the efficiency that's going on behind the scenes, it's already a useless agency. So let's do something about it. I want effective immigration policy. We haven't had anything since Ronald Reagan back in 87. Not anything meaningful. We've seen promises from both sides. Um, you know, Campaigning on reform hasn't happened. Obama did it. Trump's talked about it. The Democrats have talked about it. Republicans have talked about it. it, it, it it's just bullshit. It, it, it's just a shell game. It's a charade, like I said earlier, about you know the, the, the spending and, and the debt limit and how they don't get along. It's just a game. It's just the powerful you know, jerking each other off um, and, and slowly but surely seeing how much everybody else will take. This one here should, should, should really force you um, to ask 
some questions in regards to the safety of your family, what you're willing to do and not do. Um, it, it should also force you to reevaluate if you have the luxury of having enough resources to keep a great attorney on retainer. Um, that should be something that's in your telephone. This is scary stuff, guys. This is an American citizen. Yep. Call your representatives. I'm going to do so. I am as well. And, 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 and I won't just be calling. Um, we're the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. The calling will happen. And, uh, yeah, it's time to get a little bit more involved. We're in an election cycle. We should, we should be more active. Um, let's talk about something that made me smile. Jeff Epstein is starting to get some of his, uh, you know, recipro- Come up in. reciprocity. <laughs> you had a fancier word. What was it? <laughs> you said reciprocity. I said comeuppance. <laughs> I like comeuppance. He's getting his comeuppance. You know, it's, um, I said from the beginning that I hoped, I hoped that everything was so bad for him in there, um, that they actually cut him a deal to where he, Hey, you get life. If you tell us who the heck, you know, who the heck you were doing all this with, who helped coordinate it. Um, at the end of the day, you know, all jokes aside, him getting his ass beat, whether it was a targeted hit or him trying to him trying to hang himself, um, doesn't do much for any of his victims. Um, and it doesn't do much for future victims that are going to be victimized by the same circle of people that enabled and facilitated this behavior. And so I was glad that he got his ass beat. If he tried to hang himself, I'm glad he's feeling like, man, that's the best option I have right now. Um, it was rumored that he was found crying in his cell unresponsive. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of theories. What, what was it? Somebody that paid to keep him quiet? Was it a message being sent? Was he really just desperate and thinks, Hey, this is it. It's all going to come out. Um, whatever it is, I'm glad it didn't work. I want that fucker around. I, 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 <laughs> I want him around every year. I want to know how he's doing every year for the next 50 years. Yeah. That's sort of the easy way out. That was my initial thought. I didn't have much time to read into the details, which, uh, it seems are quite hazy, and I don't understand how that's the case in a in a federal facility. You don't know whether this guy was beat up or not. That seems just pretty sketch to me, but haven't had enough time to read about it to make an informed opinion. So I'm with you. I'm, I'm glad he's got some ligature marks on his neck. Yeah, and Mr. R. Kelly, you know, not to be outdone, right? Mr. R. Kelly also uh, so, uh, supposedly is uh, in fear for his life and basically begging to be kept in the hole because he fe- he, he doesn't want to become the choir in general population, right? Mm-mm-mm. Well, that's how it goes, huh? That's how it should go. That's how it should go. Let's talk about the world's largest garlic festival, which is going to be Nick's insightful and informative story for the day. Not too uh, insightful or informative. I just caught wind that we have the, the the world's largest garlic festival here on the on the west coast in California, and it's been running for over forty years, and so. As an Italian and a lover of garlic, this was just something that resonated with me. I think garlic is the foundation of of many and and many and most good cuisines and should be celebrated. And so um, giant festival south of San Jose this weekend, 26th, 27th, 28th, Um, as I said, south of San Jose. San Jose radio stations there, country music, music artists, celebrity chefs. You can hmm. braid garlic scapes if that's what you're into. There will be garlic dishes, calamari, international garlic-based uh, dishes. And I don't know. I just love garlic and hate vampires. So there we go. 
Hate vampires, love garlic. I'm with you. Can't argue with that, Mr. Hodge. Let me get your take real quick before we uh, be, be, before we leave these fine people that are listening to us. There's a couple of more of you, by the way, so your time is appreciated. Um, let's talk about the pullback in the uranium stocks. Obviously, we talked a little bit about the section section 232 decision, which basically kicked the can down the road for another 90 days. We should have firm recommendations, I believe, by mid-October, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but you know, the uranium stocks were beat down. Like, um, this isn't the only form of clean energy or the most efficient form of clean energy, um, in the world. Many were off 30 and 40%, uh, just based on the fact that quotas were not imposed. Um, they, they, they've started to recover today. I noticed a lot of the companies are up, you know, five, 10, 11, 12%. And my, my question to you, Nick, is do you think this is the beginning of a return to the mean? I would have to hope so. The date is October 10th for the uh, uranium or the nuclear fuel working group to present their findings to President Trump. Um, But, you know, we're on the same page because I was thinking uh, before we started recording that we hadn't done a stock of the week in a while. And if you happen to ask me uh, what my stock of the week was, I probably would have told you energy fuels because I almost bought a little bit today. I did not, but I almost did because of what you said. I saw them bottoming out. There's been some improved volume uh, today and and the stocks have started to recover. So uh, make no mistake, the fundamentals of the industry hadn't changed. We just didn't get the government intervention we were uh, hoping for. And so the supply, demand, the fundamentals of the uranium market are exactly the same. And so if you can buy energy fuels at $1.90 today when it was $3.75 in April, I think that makes all the sense in the world. I bought it at $2, um, was happy to buy it at $2. I think it's a heck of a deal. It's something that I think in six months' time, I'll look back and wish I would have bought more. A couple of other good names out there, UEC, um, Azarga, Uranium. I I, I have to mention them. And, of course, these are all companies that have exposure um, to any positive decisions that's U.S.-based, right? These are all companies with assets here in the United States. Do you have another name or two that people um, can look into, Nick? Well, Jesus, Cameco is cheap as hell. I mean, I I was looking today. I I don't know what it is off the top of my head. I just pulled up a chart. So Cameco has gone from over $13 to $9 in the past couple of months. So you can buy Cameco today for $9. and, And if you can do that, I don't need to tell you any other names right now. I like it. I like it. Parting thoughts, Nick? That's all I got on my end. Anything else you want to get off your chest? No, today's my dad's birthday. Happy birthday, dad. We'll never hear it. But there you go. Happy birthday, Mr. Hodge. Um, that's it, everybody. It's, uh, you know, we're trying to make these as, as, as condensed and efficient as possible. Nick is, is, again, the insightful and intelligent one. I like to get on rants, but I think your time is better off enjoying the week. Be nice to each other. Love each other. This is episode 29 of Bizarro World. Thanks for listening, everybody.